Awesome. Okay, great. Okay, then uh, I think the only thing to do now is uh, Will is going to uh, go into my room and get Mickey. Um, and uh, Where's the freaking dog? Where's my fucking dog? Where's the freaking dog? I thought I was waiting. She's, where is she? Mickey. She disappeared. Mickey. She's, she's under the couch. She was underneath the whole time. She's gaslighting you. <laughs> Don't tell anybody what you saw. Uh, okay. I caught these two guys with three kilos of cocaine. What do you think they were doing with them? Making shots for girls softball games. I caught these two guys with three kilos of cocaine. What do you think they were doing with them? Making shots for girls softball games. Uh, as, I, as I sort of said, I, my, my idea for the show is uh, conspiracy theories and sort of uh, an alternate history of America via conspiracy theories. And we want to, but closing up, we want to get to the the hot one at the moment, which is of course is PizzaGate. We're having a pizza party right now. We just enjoyed some delicious pepperoni pizza <laughs> with shaved cheese. But, but um, yeah. So uh, you know me, Will Meniker. Sitting in this week, we've got Brendan. Hey, guys. Virgil. Hi, everyone. Matt. Hello. I'm in the house. I'm in the, the trap house right now. <laughs> uh, Felix, not with us, still on vacation, but special guest this week. This is a long time coming. We've got uh, Jacob Bacharach in the trap. Jacob, what's up? Hey. Yeah. Guys couldn't do it without a Jew, so they called me. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, uh, you may know him from Twitter. He's on. Uh, he's at Jake Backpack. You may have seen his writing in the New Republic, uh, The Intercept, and other fine outlets. He's America's finest uh, pundit and novelist. A uh, few people know this about you. You actually pen thrillers under the uh, the name Brad Thor. That's true. Yeah, you be- you've become very successful. That's uh, why I'm doing podcasts. <laughs> I I have to say that I'm really looking forward to Scott Horvath's next adventure. <laughs> I, I'm actually Lee Child. I'm the author of the Jack Reacher series. <laughs> no, we'll, we will we will talk about your uh, your novels in a little bit. Your novels, or as I like to call them, our collaborations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are thanked in in both of the acknowledgments. So I, I suppose that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we we've, we've been on the show. We've been talking a lot, too much, probably about you know electoral politics, snooze. We're talking about, you know, the election and politicians and identity politics. Hanging like, chads. Yeah, shit like that. And I think it's distracting people from real politics, the real issues of the day, which is that... The, the ev- real reality. <laughs> that everything that we regard as politics or, or political disputes or uh, global catastrophe is really all just uh, a proxy for the uh, the ancient war between the greys and reptiles being played out uh, for supremacy of our planet and its human livestock. But, uh, you know, we were talking about conspiracy theories this week. And, uh, Jacob, I wanted to have you on because you are uh, something of a conspiracy theory expert. You're the you're the author of several. I am, yeah. I am, I am the inventor of any number of entirely true conspiracy theories. Um, <laughs> I invented them for my uh, fictional novels, which are not fictional... Um, they are simply 
a mechanism to smuggle the true history of the United States, and in my case particularly, um, uh, post-industrial Western Pennsylvania into the public consciousness without the um, censorship of the uh, deep state uh, or our reptilian overlords. <laughs> well, uh, well, how about we start with, the, with that conspiracy, right? With the, the, the reptiles, the reptile people. You make uh, good use of it in uh, your, your first novel, uh, The Bend of the World. Like, can, can, can you describe for us the broad outlines and origins of the, uh, the reptile people conspiracy? Yeah, well, um, you know, there are a whole lot of, it's really hard to tell where this actually began. Um, but and, it, and I don't mean to jump the gun, but it's fascinating because it actually does, um, in a way, uh, tie in with some of the characters who ultimately uh, went on online to help um, popularize um, the Pizzagate conspiracy. Um, but um, the, the sort of basic premise of it um, is that at some point uh, in time immemorial, a group of um, shape shifting uh, and bloodthirsty uh, reptiloid aliens um, from the Draco constellation or also possibly from inside of the hollow earth or also possibly from the dog star Sirius, depending <laughs> on who you ask. Um, I, I don't want to pass, um, you know, any judgments. This is both, still uh, both an important topic. <laughs> yeah, it's an important topic of uh, academic uh, consideration. And I, I really, you know, respect all viewpoints, I, I guess I would say. Um, and uh, but the basic notion is that they came to Earth. Um, they have uh, enslaved uh, humanity. They have engaged in uh, various uh, projects of uh, selective breeding, um, uh, whether to make us uh, more uh, delicious or uh, somehow otherwise uh, fit to uh, be part of their overall plot. Um, and the actual sort of uh, upshot of this, the sort of general outcome um, is somewhat nebulous, um, but one of the most popular theories is that they um, came to Earth uh, in order to mine uh, monatomic gold, which is a substance that absolutely does exist um, <laughs> and is capable of uh, increasing the synaptic processes in your brain and giving you total control over time, space, and matter. So it's the spice melange. What, what is that in, in, a, in a chemistry sense? What, there's one atom? I took I took Latin. <laughs> yeah, Mono means one, and Adam means Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's monatomic gold, man. What, what's what, what's the question? What are you saying? You don't believe in science? I just wanted to tell people that I know Latin. <laughs> well, I, all I want to know is how am I not getting in on any of this selective breeding? What the hell? I want to be selectively bred by a reptoid. I don't care if they can watch. That's fine. Yeah, I'm not. Selective yeah, I mean at it all. stands in stark uh, in stark opposition to all this uh, all this. Uh, uh, ball cell nonsense that you guys are, are trying to spread to the world. I mean, the truth of the matter is that they, you know, they really want us to be fucking all the time. Um, That's why the only way to defeat them is to refuse. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so, like, who's the guy? Like the the guy, like David, Ick. David Ick, right? The guy, the, this British guy, uh, uh, a, a, a former footballer, David Ike. David Ike. Da yeah, yeah, pronouncing names correctly on this show is very important to us. Okay, so well, David Ike is a is a totally fascinating character. Um, he was a um, he was actually a professional uh, footballer, a yeah. soccer player. Uh, in England, and then he went on to have a, um, a fairly mainstream um, sports broadcasting career. Um, and then sometime, I guess, I guess it must have been in the 90s, um, he, he uh, was having a variety of uh, physical and health ailments that were related to his time uh, and some injuries that he sustained as a professional footballer. Um, so he ended up uh, to go and see um, a psychic medium uh, who told him as that he was um, a part of God's uh, plan to bring about uh, sort of perfection of the human race and that he was part of the Godhead. 
Um, uh, again, a little bit nebulous what exactly that means or represents, but he wrote a book about it. Um, he uh, subsequently uh, disavowed his own um, uh, uh, incarnation as a part of the Godhead um, and proceeded to promulgate this theory that, um, in fact, all of that um, had been bogus um, and that we were part of uh, a, a uh, the, I think, the third invasion of the reptiloids, which began around uh, 7,000 years ago um, and uh, has uh, subsequently gone on um, to promulgate this theory. Um, quite widely, um, particularly through the um, medium of the internet. Um, his famous website is called um, Star Gods. I would encourage you to um, uh, check it out. It's very, <laughs> very important stuff there. Um, so like, definitely. Like this would be like the equivalent in this country if like uh, Terry Bradshaw got some alternative medicine <laughs> therapy for his numerous concussions and then started like started a website about how like the Holocaust is fake or something like that. <laughs> Um, I'm I, I I would be reasonably willing to bet that Terry Bradshaw thinks that the Holocaust is <laughs> allegedly I allegedly yes, allegedly the robot allegedly. definitely doesn't has some questions about six million if that's possible. But like I, I mean, I will say that if you look at Terry Bradshaw, he does look. I mean, that bald head, he looks exactly like the caricature of a reptiloid. So you know, I'm just saying. But an another big facet of this is that like all world leaders are reptiles, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I uh, almost all of the world leaders. Um, are reptiloids in in some way um, there there are any number of um, animated gifs in which you know some like you know bad uh, over recorded VHS of like a 1983 NBC nightly news uh, image of like the Queen of England briefly um, shows some sort of like uh, uh, a little bit of graininess and that is taken to actually be revealing um, the um, the scales underneath her human skin. <laughs> or, or the um, eyes, like the, the eyes are, are yellow for a second. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the photo. I made the video here. Hillary Clinton sick is coughing up death. But in, act in all actuality, this woman has death in her. Demonic spirits. And you can clearly see like the cat eye or reptilian eye right there. Yeah. When I when I press pause on the VHS tape, the face moves back and forth. <laughs> why is it why is it always the queen who is like maybe the yeah, 900th LaRouche, most powerful person? Lyndon LaRouche isn't into the reptoid thing, but he also thinks that the Queen of England is yes. an incredibly important figure in like the world drug trade and stuff like that and it's yeah it's well, like she's a, a relevant old lady but these guys all fixate the on the queen's her. worth like what five billion quid she's like nothing the fucking harry potter it's a lot of bollocks mike yeah well, so uh, i'm gonna the, the queen of england figures really prominently in a lot of these i mean part of it is because um the um the the windsors um are uh, are really uh, an ancient uh, germanic family the Saxe cobergs and so that is taken to be the sort of symbol of this bloodline which then gets traced back you know through all the sort of um, uh, convoluted genealogy to to the sort of like um, most ancient rulers of the earth but um there's a there's a really great conspiracy book it doesn't deal specifically with the reptiloid conspiracy but it does um deal with breeding so it should be of interest uh, to you uh, gentlemen and um it is called um, um, it's it's called Thanks for the Memories. Um, it the, uh, <laughs> it's by a woman uh, who goes by the pen name uh, Bryce Taylor, and it is the uh, history of her life as a CIA uh, mind file computer and the uh, 
satanic sex slave of Bob Hope and Henry Kissinger. And a big part of this conspiracy um, is that um, she is abducted to be somehow crossbred with both Ronald Reagan as well as the offspring of the Queen of England um, in order to produce a better CIA mind file sex slave computer what is a mind um, so file computer though? it's like a mentat I, it's like the cloud man i don't know <laughs> it's, it's uh they're they're sort of like human computers they are basically like um you know like uh, lucy in that shitty luke Besson movie um, their <laughs> their their minds are able to store or, information and then uh, shuttle it back and uh, forth uh, between various or aliens. or mila jovovich in the good luke Besson movie <laughs> Wait a minute, which one is that? The Fifth Element. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> She's learning at an incredible rate. The best um, in, in this um, uh, Bryce Taylor book, Thanks for the Memories, there, there is a really great um, story, um, which in a lot of ways I think is really indicative of what's so wonderful about um, conspiracy narratives and the conspiracy mindset. And so, so the story is basically that Henry Kissinger, who's one of her two owners, um, takes her up in a hot air balloon, um, dresses up in a lobster costume, and and rapes her. And then he tells her afterward, uh, you know, he's like, no one will ever believe you. you know? <laughs> so, no, and, no, I read that in well, that's that. true. I, I also read that in Robert <laughs> Evans' book. <laughs> was I in a hot air balloon? You bet your ass I was. Was there a lobster costume? <laughs> Baby, you better believe it. That's why Henry is the best. <laughs> Jacob, I, I'm wondering, did you ever see, because you just uh, mentioned films for a second. Did you ever see this like faux this mockumentary called the Brandon Corey story? Or have you ever heard about it? No. It, it's 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 not a real documentary, but it's brilliantly uh, shot and edited to look like one of those like low grade British um, you know like alternative news uh, style documentaries. On this edition of Truth Seeker TV, we will reveal what our investigation into this man's account unearthed, and what we found may shock you. It's, it's about this fictional guy named Brandon Corey, uh, told by his friend, who's like voice has been his voice is digitally altered, and 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 it's about him infiltrating Bohemian Grove, basically. But at the end, the big payoff is he gets in and he sees a grain. There's a grainy, grainy video of his hidden camera that shows Dick Cheney eating the bowels of some young virgin. <laughs> because he blew the whistle. Yes, because he blew the whistle. Because he came forward to tell us what he had seen. Vice President Dick Cheney turning from a human into an alien. And it's very, very well done. And like you if you if you weren't totally sure you'd think it was maybe real for the first eighty, you know, percent. But David Icke is in it. Well he could have been they could have pulled one over. Maybe on they him. pulled one over like, on like him. when like yeah, like when Ali G would interview. Well, see, somebody. here's the here's the really interesting thing though, is that is that these guys are incredibly like schismatic and fractious. And and so, you know, there are there are any number of conspiracy theorists who um who spend their entire time debunking other conspiracy theorists. Right. Like um so like actually um, there, there is a, a whole um, like dozens of YouTube channels which are all devoted to basically telling you that um, that David Icke is himself a tool of the reptiloids that he <laughs> is that he is a sort of like false flag psyop designed by to discredit the very conspiracy which he espouses. So it is entirely possible that he was um, a willing participant um, in this movie and uh, that he did so for the very purpose of yep. um, 
uh, parodying the thing that he uh, claims to represent. Now, uh, so in in this movie, we brought it up, and uh, now we we've touched on this topic before on the show. But uh, Bohemian Grove, <laughs> Bohemian <laughs> Grove is, uh, is is very that that's well, extremely my shit. The faggiest thing I've ever seen. Bohemian Grove is sort of a running joke on the show, but uh, like we touched on it a little bit. But Jacob, like. Uh, what's the background with Bohemian Grove? Like, what do conspiracy theorists believe about Bohemian Grove? And, like, I think we discussed briefly how it got started, but uh, what's the story here? Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, I, I think you guys uh, did talk about it in a uh, in a prior episode, um, and I think that, um, I think it was Matt, actually, who described it, you know, very, very accurately. I mean, it originally began um, as uh, a bunch of, like, um, you know, uh, theater and light opera types from, like, the Bay Area who uh, went up and had a private retreat treat um gradually um it ended up becoming a um a popular destination for a, a lot of like um post ivy league government uh government types uh captains of industry and so forth and so on and they all go up there and they have a jolly good time um and uh they do a bunch of like weird uh queer shit which is nothing that you wouldn't see at like an undergraduate theater party um and uh and then they all go home it's basically it's like it's like Davos with bad sketch comedy. No, it's like, it's like Bernie. So, it's, and hookers. Bernie Don't forget the hookers. Yeah, well, so where, <laughs> yeah, right. like, where did this idea sure. become? No, no, well, so anyway, so, you know, but this has been, this has all been, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, turned into this this sort of like notion that these guys go up there and this is actually like the secret place where they, they worship Moloch. They do rituals to a, a giant owl. It's, it's like, you know, a, a wicker man, um, except there aren't any women. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are never any women in any of this stuff um and uh you know and that these are the guys like they, they are actually sort of like instantiating these sort of like crowlian like satanic rituals you know as like yeah this is like so this is the below. idea that like that the, the, the like the ruling class and like the elite of government and industry and entertainment or whatever they get together and have a big private party where they just like openly worship the devil and uh perform sacrifices and you know uh, I assume there's also a buffet. Uh, yeah, right. And and that that's the worst thing about the buffet is that you know that the buffet is just like fucking artisanal pizza with arugula on it. But everybody, you know, everybody's like, ah, it's a cheese pizza, you know. So that's <laughs> pornography. I mean, this is like this is the the the, the sad the, the sort of sad thing, but also the fascinating thing about the these the these sorts of conspiracy theories is that it's like they um the the sort of banal reality of how these like monstrous humans are just fucking us like brutally every every chance that they get is um like insufficiently um uh is insufficiently operatic and like insufficiently magical for people and so they have to imagine that like what you know that like it's not just all these assholes like all these silicon valley assholes going to trump tower to kiss the ring of the guy but that there's actually this like sort of hidden reality behind it which is the real reason all of these bad things are happening it can't it can't it can't simply be that like um, billionaires are assholes um, and they get together to um, uh, be assholes together. It's got to be like billionaires are actually cannibals, cannibalistic Satanists who get together um, to literally um, consume the spleens of children. Did the millionaires and the billionaires, I want them to stop eating the children. <laughs> Look, I'm just, I'm, I just think that they should eat male and female children equally. <laughs> Does Bohemian Grove still exist? Do they oh, still yeah. do it? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every, every sure. summer. Every year. Uh, does, does Trump go? Has he been? 
Oh, hell no. No, Trump, Trump is like, I mean, until now, Trump was just not nearly important enough uh, and uh, not nearly refined enough to get invited to that sort of thing. I mean, you know, like, can you imagine Trump at like the Aspen Ideas Festival? It's, it's, you know, like I said, it's it's basically it's like the it's like the Aspen Ideas Festival crossed with like a bunch of guys who never quite got into Second City. I mean, well, you know, it's 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 real pathetic, really, when you think about it. It's like these are just like the lamest fucking people on Earth. They just all have a billion dollars. And so uh, their opinion matters. Well, we made the joke about it earlier, uh, about it, the faggiest goddamn thing I've ever seen. <laughs> which is a real quote from the Nixon tapes about uh, Richard Nixon talking about going to the Bohemian Grove. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't a fan. He was not a the, fan of uh, it. George H.W. Bush, though, big fan. He'd been, he's been there a number of times. Uh, Bill Clinton as well. Yeah. Uh, Kissinger loved it as well. Yes, yeah. Well, he loved the ballooning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, now I'm imagining uh, like what would be like the equivalent of like the Trump administration oh, God, tapes of him talking about being in the Bohemian Grove, whatever. It's like... Uh, they said it's big, a big owl on fire. It was stupid. I didn't get the it. Owl, it's bad. The owl. It's so the owl. Why wasn't it gold? What? <laughs> but he's de- he definitely is going to get the invite now for sure. Oh man. Oh yeah. For, they're yeah, going to have to. Right, exactly. They're going to have to scotch guard everything. I mean, you know, everybody likes to imagine these people are like the secret masters of the universe, but secretly they all, you know, like they they crave the same. Um, uh, they crave the same approval and approbation that that everybody else does, and you know, yeah. Uh, assuming uh, assuming that all these like whiny ass uh, Democrats who think that like Vladimir Putin is about to set up camp in the West Wing um, don't have their way, and Trump actually does become uh, our next god emperor, then they, sure they're going to extend the invite. And uh, he's going to turn it down, but he'll send like wh- which of the the one son who looks like he's got fetal alcohol. Stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, I never remember which one. Eric, yeah, that's the one. I and mean, he'll send him out there in his place, you know. And, and the, the kid will get drunk and shoot somebody in the face with a shotgun, and you know it'll make a big splash in the Washington Post for one day. And, and then going to kill Mark Zuckerberg because... with a harpoon. <laughs> is it? Do they actually do gay stuff? It yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, it... my answer to that question is I don't know. If if they do any actual homosexual stuff out there, but they do some real gay shit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like actual like sexual activity, because like at least someone has. Right? I've heard that there's hookers. Yeah, like, that's why I keep they hearing. Smuggle they smuggle hookers in, into like, the tents and they stuff. They just bring in like a stable of like high class yeah. escorts, and it's right. just like yeah, like season two of True Detective shit. Yeah, which yeah. is inspired, which was directly inspired by it. But now, uh, Bre- the, sorry, Brendan brought up the uh, the, uh, the mockumentary about uh, where David Ike was uh, featured in. But have you seen the other mockumentary? I say mockumentary in scare quotes. The Alex Jones doc- self-produced documentary. He about actually going did it. To, going to Bohemian Grove. Oh yeah, no, 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 that that is that is fucking awesome. Um, it, that that is just that. amazing. That that is a person who ha- has just like. Um, at the end of, I'm convinced that Alex Jones is like is basically started out as a sort of like Michael Savage character. Like he 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 sort of like constructed this um, this persona um, because he 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 saw a niche that he could occupy. You know, particularly like in that era when some of the old like conspiracy theory stuff like coast to coast was kind of on the way out. AM radio was kind of like on the way out and he really like saw a niche for himself in a way that he could really like monetize all of this stuff um if only 
um, you know, he sort of like adopted the persona. And originally he basically was just a sort of like, you know, Turner Diaries, like survivalist militia, um, you know, government's coming for your guns kind of guy. He gradually sort of like got deeper and deeper into it, became more and more Christian. And I think that he ultimately like came to believe his own press releases. So now I think that he is totally a true believer. And I think that that like Bohemian Grove um, documentary that he did where he like infiltrated it and filmed them like dancing around in their fucking Victorian nightshirts in front of this like giant like wicker owl and like like <laughs> well, you say like he infiltrates like, them and like my favorite part of that of that movie is like he infiltrates them by just dressing like a preppy guy and he just like tucks in like a sort of a turquoise like polo shirt into khaki shorts but uh there's another part where he interviews these like uh local kids about Bohemian Grove and what goes on there. When I first saw it, I like I didn't key into it, but now that I, when I watch it again, it's so clear that the kids are just fucking high as shit. They're just <laughs> incredibly stoned. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, man. Like, it's it's all goes down there. We've seen it. You know? <laughs> Ain't nothing free. No guarantees. You know. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and go to uh, Jack in New York. Says he disagrees. Go ahead, Jack. Um, hey, Alex, how you doing? Good. Well, first of all, the reason why I disagree is because, you know, I, I think you're betraying America. I mean, you're blaming America for everything. I mean, you're saying, you know, the, the government's to blame for 9 11 and this, that, and the other thing. You know, I actually don't believe that. So you. I shouldn't be mean to you. Your mom didn't breastfeed you, did she? Uh, sir, what? Did your mother breastfeed you? What, what are you talking about? Your brain, so you your, no, 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 your no, no, brain, no, your brain can be no, 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 no. I mean, your your brain will be about twenty five to thirty percent smaller if your mother doesn't breastfeed you. You know, mammals feed their young uh, a fatty substance filled with complex fats and sugars. It's called milk. And I mean, I'm not being mean. You're just retarded, sir. I mean, that's. I mean, as if your mother not breastfeeding you on top of it, you have a small brain. I'm not joking. This isn't funny. I mean, I, I mean, you know, people are laughing. It, it sounds like I'm being funny. I'm not. It's very sad. This young man's mother didn't breastfeed him. I bottom dollar, and he got fluoride and everything else they put in there. I mean, he's got a tiny little brain. I got time to take one more, don't I? Let's go ahead and talk to somebody else that disagrees. See if they're retarded. Go ahead. You're on the air. <laughs> I mean, what it real what it really is, and so I, I, so I live in I live in Pittsburgh, but I, um, I, so I grew up in a small town outside of Pittsburgh, which was called, um, uh, which was called Uniontown, Uniontown, Pennsylvania, and you know, my my family, my parents were sort of like part of the professional um, elite of this town, and everybody there, like all of the professionals, belonged to um, the country club. And the country club had like a subgroup, a social group, which was called the Question Club. And the Question Club was just a bunch of rich fucks who got up together four times a year to have a party. But I remember like when I was in high school, there were people who actually believed that it was like this local like conspiracy of of politicos and bigwigs. And, you know, and that's that's what happens when a bunch of professional get together like like weirdos in some private social function is like the natural the the natural conclusion from that is that they are conspiring together to keep everybody else down um in reality they're just like getting drunk and having a key party <laughs> but there are people are so uh people are just so 
inflamed. Their imaginations are so inflamed by the unknown. And like that's why if anybody wants to point to a uh, external factor that might have done in Hillary Clinton, I think it was the email uh, thing, but not specifically anything that she did wrong. It was the refrain, 30,000 deleted emails, because that could have been anything. The, anything could have been in there. Vince Foster. The breeding program. Pizza Gate, <laughs> the breeding program. Mena Airport, bringing in the Yayo, you know. Uh, and, and so you can make that into anything, whereas like the banal reality of like the DNC stuff of like, well, uh, Bernie, uh, we're going to give her the I mean, that's really that's the reality that these people don't want to like acknowledge because it's just too crushingly banal. Whereas that black hole, that that like, like curtain. Well, that's what that's what conspiracy. You know, there there are two competing impulses, I think, that that really lead to conspiratorial thinking. I mean, one of them is just, you know, this sort of this uh, sort of sense um, that there that there is so much um, information and complexity in the world that that history and politics that the um, that even one's own personal economic status are influenced by so many incredibly like disparate and often um, truly random and unrelated factors um, that the only way to make sense of it all is to sort of shoehorn it all into this totalizing narrative um, which accounts for which accounts for everything it accounts for it accounts for random chance it accounts for the fact that you know James Comey uh, sent a note to Congress one week later than he than he should have in order for Clinton to still eke it out. You know, all, all of these things have to be accounted for in these conspiracy narratives. But the, the interesting uh, corollary or inverse of that is that um, they also represent a failure or an inability to believe that things are sometimes simple like i mean I, I whether it's literally true or not this is why i think it's like so great to just like continually harp on the the notion that like bernie would have won it's like at the end of the day the truth of the matter is that like hillary clinton lost because she didn't campaign in michigan you know it's like it's like it's the, it really is that simple um but people people don't want to believe that either and that if you look on the sort of like liberal side of the coin um that really is what leads to people believing that there is you know like an elaborate conspiracy um, you know, to hack and throw the election. I mean, that was just like one minor part of many. Um, so, you know, people can neither accept like um, uh, simplicity of explanation nor the sort of like complexity of the whole texture of the world. And so in, in both cases, they tend uh, to seek out these sort of like um, narrative accountings for um, a reality which is just like sort of uh, crushing for a lot of people. And what's and, so and interesting to understand. What's so interesting about that is that conspiracy narratives for a long time were sort of the province of the the sort of the fringes of political ideologies and thinking and in both parties now in the both main currents of american politics they have moved steadily to the center where now we have a situation where there's two political parties with mass base of of voters who both of which the, both of those voting bases are in the grip of of just baroque insane conspiracy theories the kind of stuff that like even 10 years ago would be the province of the internet you know malcontents and i wonder is that because just like the complexity that you're talking about is becoming so overwhelming that even people who are in the very centers of these political uh and economic systems are becoming just sort of cowed by it and and retreating into a narrative to make sense of it in the face of their just dawning realization of their powerlessness over these forces 
Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think that what it really is, is, you know, when you look back at the fringes and when you talk about the people like you, like you talk about the sort of Internet malcontents of, uh, you know, 10 or, or 20 years ago. Um, and I think that what you find is that like a lot of the people who really um, became involved in this sort of thing, and I, I, I sort of count myself among them. I mean, I was never really a true believer, but I was certainly like really, really into this shit, you know, in yeah, my, I always and this, into my early 20s. You, 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 you write about it uh, in a really great piece for the New Republic this year called uh, I Was a Teenage Nazi Wannabe. <laughs> and you talk about this yeah. kind of like uh, this weird ideology you cobbled together for yourself. Uh, I think in your words, using over-the-counter disassociatives and like the Turner Diaries. <laughs> no, right, yeah. You you watch you watch a bunch of Indiana Jones movies. Um, you get you get a hold of the Turner Diaries um, and, and uh, a couple pages of the of the Anarchist Cookbook. Um, you chat with some weirdos on MIRC um, and you drink two bottles of Robitussin DM. Um, and all of a sudden, um, the you know the idea that we're um, ruled by interdimensional reptiloids begins to seem um, fairly um, reasonable and normal. Or the idea that like um, you know. There, there needs to be some sort of, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, a Third Reich, Fourth Reich political revolution begins to seem not that crazy. But, you know, a lot of the people who became involved in that, like like I was, are, are people, um, you know, who were sort of like on the social fringes in their adolescence, um, are people who were like extremely sensitive, um, people who – uh, liked books and liked reading and liked science fiction and who had a sort of like weird or alternative politics. Um, and, and this was a, a something for uh, people who were sort of like um, exceptionally uh, sensitive, perhaps even um, oversensitive um, to the world around them uh, to, to, to sort of um, uh, channel their intellectual and emotional energies. And I think that what's happened um, is that, you know, um, the world has just gotten um, more complicated um, and worse for a lot of people. So people who may have been um, desensitized to those sorts of impulses um, 15 or 20 years ago are now just becoming um, increasingly sensitized to it simply because of the fact that things seem so much beyond their control in the in the way that as an adolescent, things seem to be beyond your control. You have no control over your economic fortunes. You cannot decide where to go. You 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 can't make determinations or decisions for your family. The, the modest political um, autonomy that you have is so uh, so small, so slim, so constrained by your own lived circumstances that it appears to be non-existent. And then so once you begin living in those circumstances, you um, begin theorizing that there is this uh, sort of like secret force beyond your control, um, which is responsible for the events that you um, that you are experiencing in your life. Because what else could it be? What else could make you so so powerless and so alienated from the world in which you capitalism? Are? And to, right, the, that's that's my point is that you know people don't have an ideology to guide them and help explicate very very complicated things. Well, yeah, because like. It's, it's so frustrating reading a lot of these things because when you see the master narrative and you see the way that these people frame the way the world works and the spot where there's Moloch or Satan or the reptoids, it could just be capitalism. <laughs> and it's like that would be so much closer to the truth. I, I think another aspect of this is that when you replace the legitimate categories and analyses that Matt just described with all the wacky stuff – the conspiracy theorist feels like he's doing work and feels like he's getting a lot done by being an internet detective and by 
just unraveling more and discovering more. Posting. Posting. <laughs> basically just posting. Making more connections, you know, like like uncovering stuff is to them because they feel powerless, uh, suddenly equivalent with like activism or work or organization or actual heroism. When the much harder banal work of just going out getting political, doing a lot of the stuff that we've discussed is going to happen over the next four years. And I guess that's what I'm driving at is that I think a lot of the libs who are now resorting to the Russia thing, they're lazy. They don't want to have to think about, okay, we need to radically restructure stuff. We need to radically mobilize. For them, it's like, I'd really much rather, I'd rather post. post. And, and that's what a conspiracy like everybody, theorist is Yeah, everybody to. online. Like, I'd rather post. And yeah. everyone's online. But, but it feels like you're doing work. Ra- yeah. I yeah. also think the libs yeah. psychologically can't handle the concept that they've been repudiated that they themselves in this this totemic figure that they love well that's what T uh, said hated. last time yeah with, with that book he yeah, said yeah the, the pro- when prophecy fails yeah exactly. right well so it's so like connecting the dots already <laughs> <laughs> okay that's let's the, get the cork board out here <laughs> all right Ron Fournier I've got Ron Fournier the baseball the, crank yeah. look at this uh, stitch no, yeah. all of these people all of these people are basically um they're they're basic they're they're Linda Litsky um, in Burn After Reading, all right, yeah. Francis McDormand's character in Burn After Reading, and it's when all like the shit has hit the fan, and and Chad is missing, and she's and, and she's about to get fired from her job. I hate your negativity. I hate your reasons why not. She says, she says, just give me twenty four hours to solve this thing, Ted. Yeah, and, and that's that's really it. It's the sort of like these sort of like um, you know helpless doofuses, you know, stuck in a dead end job, like without you know with with uh, no. No, po- no politics that can guide them. No um, intellectual framework which can uh, help them and understand, you know, in understanding why the why these things are happening. Um, you know, like you said, Matt. You know, no, um, no capitalism as a as a totemic word. You know, to to give them a system that that sort of explicates by and large. Uh, what's going on in their lives and so you know what they substitute is a sort of amateur detective work like i'm going to squirrel my way somehow into this power i'm going to crack this case wide open once i crack the case wide open then it's going to rebound to my own like personal and material benefit well you bring up the the internet detective work right and like we we've talked about like this 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 the russia house conspiracy that lives who you know lost so I think they have like a there, there's some psychological reason there that they're trying to protect themselves from facing reality what's more interesting for me now is on the right the pizza game thing the pizza gators <laughs> it's certainly you know, I, I want to get into pizza this now pizza gate because they is won. objective hilarity hilarious okay they won but like yeah. the pizza gate has gotten twice as powerful yeah. now. well like, my theory behind that is that as soon as like cuz the trump presidency was always at some level of fantasy right and as soon as he got in on some level, the realization had to come that they were going to be brutally disappointed. Yeah. Nothing was going to change. This was always something that they had invested in as a as a dream. Plus, it's going to be boring. And, yeah, and it's going to be boring. It's going to be disappointing. Where and so immediately the leap is okay. I don't want to listen. I don't want to dwell on the fact that there's 15 Goldman Sachs, you know, executives in the cabinet now. Uh, and he said he's not going to build a wall or whatever. The, they're fucking eating children. Well, like, I mean, you're that, gonna- that's kind of the meta conversation. But can we can we sort of can we narrate how we got to uh, John Podesta yeah. is the Yellow King? Yeah. Because yeah, that, yeah. that to me is more interesting. <laughs> like, so, yeah, so, so what, how how did this start? Like, what where, what uh, was the Pizzagate genesis? 
I know. I mean, it's so it's so, so it starts. Um, so it starts in um, the in the WikiLeaks dump. Everybody, I'm sure, um, who listens uh, to to the show already knows this. But you know, um, you know WikiLeaks um, uh, releases these emails. They're John Podesta's hacked emails. So it's basically like all of the email, the internal emails from the Clinton campaign. All of this because um, John Podesta is like a 70 year old. He's like your grandma. Um, and someone offered him a free TV and he clicked on the link. Um, he was like, he clicked on the Cialis link yeah. and, and here we are. Donald Trump is the president. You know, like I said, sometimes shit really is that simple. It's like a very straightforward it was, thing. It was reported the other day by uh, <laughs> another consultant on the campaign who said, uh, oh, yeah, I saw that John asked me about this link. And I said, uh, oh, that's a legitimate link. But then he said, oh, that was a typo. I meant to write illegitimate. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> hey, if it's a legitimate link, the internet has a way of shutting hey, those kind hey, of things down. Nobody's nerfed. Right. So, 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 WikiLeaks gets a hold of like this trove of emails from John Podesta, who is like you know big wig in Hillary's inner circle in the Democratic right. Party. So, but, like, where so does it Podesta, go from there? It's 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 the code words. Like, how did that get started? Yeah, no. So the the so the Podesta the Podestas are um, the, the first thing you have to know about them is that the Podestas are are rich. I mean, these guys have been scamming Democrats out of millions of dollars for like the last thirty years, um, and um, and uh, John Podesta's um, uh, brother is um, is also like a, a fairly well known art collector. So they so one portion of these emails has to do um, with their relationship um, with uh, Marina. Abramovich, who's like a, a well-known um, performance artist um, who incorporates various like elements of um, of ritual uh, Satanism um, into um, into her work, um, but the but it's even more banal than that because so so that's off to the side. Everybody knows that's happening. Um, everybody's seen these emails where they talk about like doing spirit cooking, um, which is and, and all of these other kind of like weird rich people art things. Um, meanwhile, Podesta. Uh, John Podesta goes to a fundraiser at Comet Pizza, which is a, a pizza and event space outside of Washington, D.C., whose owner has supported Democrats and Democratic politics for a long time. Um, he uh, leaves behind um, I be- a handkerchief. Um, and uh, someone sends him an email about this, um, like, hey, you left this handkerchief behind and the Internet sleuths are fucking on it. This is all very um, curb your enthusiasm kind of thing. <laughs> like Larry leaves a, a handkerchief uh, and uh, you right, Susie's like, hell. get another fucking handkerchief. What's wrong with you? you <laughs> <better> <laughs> it's my handkerchief. It's mine. <laughs> well, uh, and so, and I mean, uh, as a, um, uh, as as a homosexual, uh, and, and you got to insert the trademark out of that. as a homosexual, um, uh, I, I can tell you that that handkerchiefs um, featured prominently um, in sort of, um, uh, you know, like the uh, 60s through the 80s in particular. I was going to say, Brendan, can we edit um, in, like we edit in right now the, uh, the scene from Cruising where Powers Booth uh, tells Al Pacino yeah. with all the different handkerchiefs in? Yeah. Four. Well, like Blue Hank in your left back pocket means you want a blowjob. Right pocket means you give one. The green one left side says you're a hustler. Right side, you're a buyer. The yellow one left side means you give gold in the shower. Right side, you receive. The red one means you see anything you want. Uh, I'm going to go home and think about it. 
sure you'll make the right choice. Yeah, right, right, exactly. You know, so like, well, you know, one, you wear a black handkerchief in like your back right hand pocket, and that means you're like a piss pig dungeon slave. And you wear like a blue one in your left pocket, folded in a certain way, and that just means I'm with her. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's, so there's like this, so there's this lab. So the internet sleuths latch onto this, and they're like. And there, so it's like it's like pizza, all right. Um, and then it's handkerchiefs, and then it's Democrats, and then it's oh, this Democrat who was involved in uh, this contemporary performance art bullshit that involves spirit cooking, which has its roots in rituals that were promulgated by notable Satanist Aleister Crowley. So as I kind of was saying before, you take all of these disparate elements and and you um, you do a little spirit cooking of your own. Um, and the concoction that comes out is a, a sort of through line narrative um, in which um, in which Comet Pizza, this this place is a sort of like a modern McMartin daycare. It, it, it is, it is a, a sort of like nexus for the satanic trade, pedophilic trade in children um, amongst uh, the elites and particularly the sort of atheistic left wing uh, elites of this country. Um, and uh, and then once you've sort of established that narrative, um, it becomes totalizing. All other information feeds into that narrative. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, the the logo of this um, of this. Yes, yes, the triangle, right? <laughs> yeah, the the logo. One one of the logos looks like um, is like a, a triangle. I mean, it's a fucking slice of pizza. But it's like oh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> like, like you know. That's Wait a, a minute. Why would you want a or... triangle in your pizza logo? The thing I saw is that the logo for Comet Pizza, according to the internet, is is eerily similar to the logo for uh, pedophilia. I didn't yeah, know they that, had it. That, yeah, that famous pedophile logo. Put this in right. your in your brand if you're a pedophile, <laughs> so we yeah. all know. Well, actually, if you if you actually if you look at the Comet Pizza logo, so it, it sort of says Comet, and then on either side it's got these sort of little um, uh, these little kind of like she chevrons, which it, it looked at it in a certain way it could be um, interpreted um, as sort of like a half moon, and then within the chevron is a little five pointed star. So that um, very much resembles uh, a symbol which you see on uh, common depictions of the Baphomet, the sort of goat headed demon Baphomet, which is also a common in conspiracy theories. You know, so again. I mean, uh, you know, it's also present in such like noted, like actually uh, satanic symbols as the state flag of South Carolina. But, you know, there's no reason why we can't admit that to the conspiracy as well. So um, so the Internet sleuths discover this. Um, it uh, hits 4chan. Um, it hits uh, Reddit, particularly the uh, very popular Trump forum um, on Reddit. Um, it uh, starts to um, be promulgated uh, throughout the sort of like conspiracy web. Um, in particular, it's actually um, promulgated on, on a number of sites um, which uh, are linked uh, to a guy um, named uh, Sean um, Adol Tabatabi, who uh, was a uh, like sort of documentarian and videographer, who was actually David Icke's um, like uh, media producer um, in the early days. Wheels within um, wheels. Also, as far as I can tell, a sort of um, Milo uh, Yabba Dabba Duopolis <laughs> um, type, because uh, he uh, is a uh, gay British guy married to some L.A. twink who now um, lives out in L.A. and produces um, right-wing um, conspiracy stuff. And then from that point, it just explodes into the popular culture. It hits all of the like sort of like um, trapistas. It gets pushed out onto Facebook. Um, and uh, uh, here we are today 
with probably I mean, I wouldn't doubt that there there are millions of people in this country who think that uh, Pizzagate is a real uh, and uh, very serious thing to be investigated. What's so interesting for me is that it like what they latch on to. I've seen it over and over again are two things. Uh, one of them is they say those emails. That's weird sounding. That's weird sounding. And like the only thing they can process is it has to be code as opposed to if you get a decontextualized email where people are referring to things outside of your knowledge because they both know them so they wouldn't people are used to like the way people talk in movies where they say as you know and then say all this (laughs) stuff that they both would know when in reality they would not say that because they already know it and so decontextualized stuff looks weird to people like map a pizza related map handkerchief Uh, like that has to be a code for something so like they make that leap which is a huge and then the really funny leap is that then they take that code list the pizza equals child you know walnuts equal person of color or whatever and then they say well this is a real like this is a thing like that's an actual key instead of something that someone literally just made and put on the internet (laughs) like it that's how like that's what's i mean genuinely is distorting and and revolutionary about the internet is because like let me kind of take this back to like the banal world of politics for a minute because uh uh, and and this really plays into what happened in the in the election that 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 like liberals in particular just like do not um want to face up to which is the sort of like yawning perceptual gulf between um the sort of like uh, educated and professionally successful upper classes um, and then all of the other people out there. So it's like, you know, for me, so I'm like like an, an overly educated, like well-heeled, um, uh, uh, homosexual working in a university, previously having worked in like nonprofits and the arts. Like I'm friends with people who are like contemporary art curators. So to me, like I, I – that Marina Abramovich stuff, like all that spirit cooking nonsense, like it's just like funny. It's just like, oh, that's like bad contemporary of art of the sort that I satirized in my first novel. The fact that I can say I satirized something in my first novel should fucking <laughs> like where I'm I actually remember from. that the performance artist in the Bend of the World scene is is a, is is some Nazi like clown. He's like making fun of the Third Reich or something, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he actually is a fake Nazi. So you know. So, so to me, you know, or 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 to like you guys, you you look at that stuff and you think like it's funny and it's just like these these like uh, uh, well-heeled and overcompensated idiots engaging, um, in you know, in a bunch of like their their version of like uh, a frat party hazing, like just a bunch of nonsense. Like they're having this famous artist come over to pretend to do a, a like ooga booga ritual for them, and that's all art, and then they can all go home like feeling like their own personal Matthew Barney. But if you have no um, no contact with that world and no experience with that world and like you're just trying to like make a living and get by and like, you know, Thomas Kincaid is is your idea of what is really great art in this world, then you read stuff like that and it legitimately does well, seem John, fucking weird and creepy. John Podesta does have a sculpture in his house that was inspired by a, a crime scene photo from Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. It's a body that's it posed in the exact same spot, a position as a body that was found in Jeffrey Dahmer's house. And it's in yeah, his right. fucking house. And like, <laughs> so, you look at that and you roll your eyes like you're a fucking edgelord, John Podesta. Give it a right. fucking break. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, if you don't have any context for that, you're like, 
What kind of <laughs> psychopath would you have to be to have something like that in your house? And it's a decent question. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't have like all this con- cultural context, it's like, well, it's going to be a few steps before I can get you there. Yeah. Uh, you see, there's a modern art movement. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, good luck. Like when we took when we took my my bar owner grandfather before he passed away, like years ago when the Andy Warhol Museum opened in Pittsburgh, you know, <laughs> talk, and, which is full of like photos of like electric chairs and car crashes and like Mick Jagger made up like a woman, you know? So we take him there and we like force him to like walk through, you know, like a dutiful museum goer. And then, you know, he grumbles the whole way we leave. And afterward, you know, he sort of said, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I kind of, I didn't like that one bit. And I, one of us sort of solicitously, you know, asked him, well, you know, didn't you like anything about it at all, Fritz? His, his name was Fritz. Didn't you like anything about it at all, Fritz? And he said, yeah, I like fucking leaving the place. <laughs> like, that's, that's how people feel about this shit. They're like, they think it's weird. It's like unsettling. It's unusual. Um, and so when they see people who are like in the echelons of power and particularly people who represent a sort of um this sort of like managerial liberalism that they really really distrust because um it hasn't done anything to better their lives at least that they can appreciate then you know naturally they think like these people aren't just um they're not just weirdos they're not just idiosyncratic rich people they're actually like malevolent and evil well that's where Um, they get that's where another time it gets to this frustrating orthogonal relationship with reality where like they do not care about regular people. They do view you as a commodity, essentially. They would not care if you were dissolved into a nutrient paste. You know, but and then that truth gets transmitted into a fantasy narrative that they can well, like control and, and, and similar be powered to, by. Similar to uh Bohemian Grove and, and the reptiles and the breeding program and uh, this is uh in MK Ultra things as well. Like it it does like the common denominator does seem to be this idea of like a uh, there's the, the sort of like the the secret twisted pleasures of 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 elites and then I guess the PZ had the idea of like a pedophilia or whatever of some like organized network of ped- of pedophiles at like the highest levels of power which is like you know well what we know now about like Thatcher's inner circle during her government <laughs> is pretty frightening I mean that, that, I don't know if it's like Pizzagate level but it's like almost there. Well, well, that's the that's the other thing is that you know, like there are as in, in all of these uh, in any conspiracy, there are elements of of sort of base um, banal reality in it, and you're exactly right. You you look at what happened in England over the last fifty years, or what's happened in the Catholic Church over the last century over centuries. Like, let's not just say over the last several decades. Yeah, no, no. It was uh, by the way, uh, it was the liberal priests. Yep, uh, it happened in the sixties. It was the yeah, liberal right. priests who did all this. You guys are talking about yeah. Vatican too. Right? <laughs> Vatican. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's a damn scandal. Vatican yeah, you, Jew. You, you give up. You give up the Latin mass. You start playing guitars, and all of a sudden, you're fucking children. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is this sort of like, like, like basal reality in which these things actually do happen, um, and so it's very easy, you know, once again to sort of extrapolate from that and and say, you know, well, it, you know, if it if it happened with a bunch of like rich House of Lords fucks uh, in in Thatcherite England, then who's to say that it's not happening now? Who's but to say that John Podesta even... isn't like dressing up in his in his furry? <laughs> suit and like sodomizing kidnapped 
eight-year-old girls in the basement of a pizza parlor. But and, yeah. He's dressed up like Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Charles Entertainment Cheese is his full name, by the way. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like Hillary Clinton said in one of those Goldman Sachs speeches. You know, you have one policy towards children in public. You have another <laughs> But here's another case where, like, once again, even when reality is as bad as the worst imaginings of a conspiracy theorist, the way that the House of Lords was filled with... Uh, pederasts in the 80s it was still way more banal than pizzagate there were yeah, no yeah. codes there was no secret logos yeah. in restaurants and, and and tunnels it was just a bunch of perverted old fucks getting uh at risk kids to yeah. come to their house i just uh, yeah, I mean, a, a good friend of mine actually joined the freemasons and he and actually this is a funny story because so he was this was right after out of college and he was um he was a uh, a gallery attendant at the andy warhol museum and actually one of the kind of more blue collar guys there who was this kind of weirdo um actually uh, sex pervert uh, security guard asked him if he wanted to join the Freemasons. And he was a buddy of mine and we were both really into, you know, secret societies and conspiracy theories. So he joins the Freemasons and he was so incredibly disappointed because all it was, was like guys forwarding like uh, shitty, like semi-pornographic email jokes and organizing spaghetti dinners. Like that was it. <laughs> it's like the stone cutters. Tonight we're having ribs. we're having ribs. <laughs> <laughs> is it possible to? Uh, is it uh, spitballing here? Is it possible to sell Marxism to people by saying it's a conspiracy theory? Like, uh, well, a lot of conspiracy theories. There's, a, there's yeah. a cabal that controls all world events. <laughs> And for every tendency, there's an opposite tendency. <laughs> I'm telling you. There's a specter haunting all of us. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, Mark's, It's a real ghost. It's a re- <laughs> Mark actually did uh, traffic a little bit in conspiracies. He was convinced when he was in London that the prime minister, Lord Palmerston, was in the pay of the czar. Nice. He was absolutely convinced that's of That's like today. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically exactly a, like It was like Putin that's shit. It was like no, it's the, shit. But it is the same thing as the Putin stuff right yeah. now. Well, I, and let me—I'll I'll actually put in a plug for for uh, a really a really fantastic um, uh, sort of like uh, non-conspiracy conspiracy narrative, which which I always tell people is like one of the great and, and underappreciated um, comic novels, and and maybe the truest political novel ever ever written, um, which is um, Joseph Conrad's *The Secret Agent*. A book's yeah, great. I love great book. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's an incredible book, and it, it basically tells the story of actually a though, though it's never named. It's basically a Ru- a Russian conspiracy to to um, uh, to suborn an act of terrorism in Great Britain in order to turn the British political classes um, away from their sort of like um, fuddy-duddy liberalism and uh, toward a more um, uh, a more responsible authoritarianism. And if you if you read it now, um, you know it touches on on Marxism and anarchism as, as sort of countervailing forces um, in the uh, early 20th century or the late 19th century, I guess. Um, it touches upon this sort of like uh, very like classic liberal notion that like um, science is the one thing that must not and cannot be attacked. Um, it touches on on sort of like the uh, the Russian conspiracy um, and. Uh, uh, and more than anything else, though, you know, it really it really sort of like um, gets at this notion that like the the sort of like actual conspiracies that happen are much more um, sort of uh, banal and straightforward. than However, we imagine. I mean, however, really Jacob, this... the, the false flag terror attack in the secret agent does involve taking advantage of a disabled and underprivileged <laughs> yeah. child. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. He sends he sends his um, his uh, 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 intellectually disabled um, stepson to block. Blow up a bomb at Greenwich Observatory and uh, 
Shit goes south. No spoilers, but shit goes south. <laughs> Greenwich Observatory, that's where they uh, calibrate the time, right? Yes, So exactly. he's going to blow and, and... up time. That is fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, they say, they say, you know, people do not care. People do, don't care about casualties anymore. They've seen casualties. This is, it's really fascinating in our, in the sort of post 9-11 world. So, you know, people have seen, um, they've seen casualties. They've seen mass casualty events. They've seen terrible wars. Nobody cares like about like body parts in the streets like that. That doesn't affect anybody anymore. And nobody cares about politics, but people do believe in science and technology and progress. And that is what we are going to attack because that is what will seem to the sort of like common people as being like the most senseless and destructive thing at all of all um and that's that's a really like a fascinating observation that i think um at least um on the uh liberal side of the of the spectrum these days uh, holds very true we've gone on a while I, we've gone on a while uh but before we go i do want to ask you about one more conspiracy theory because i'm aware of it but i don't actually know the particulars of it and i'm, I'm hoping that you can uh, educate me on it the denver international airport what oh, is man. what the is Denver going on there? The place weird, is fucked up. It? Dude. Okay, because it, it involves this. They're weird public art installations. The fact that Denver doesn't actually need an international airport, and there's this like massive construction project. As best I can understand it, people believe that there's this huge like underground network or like bunkers that like the elite are. It's going to be sort of like a life raft for them when the apocalypse happens. Is that it? Yeah, if you so I would I would encourage um, people to just just uh, Google um, like Denver, Denver International Airport public art um, and you'll find all sorts of like um, uh, vigilant citizen type postings in which the uh, the sort of like esoteric and occult significance of all of the weird murals there and they are weird fucking murals like there there is no getting around the fact that there is some very strange public art in that airport somebody got um, like and, somebody got a little diego rivera carried away with that shit yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's sort of like uh, you know if you like if you did a bunch of like ayahuasca and then attempted to recreate like a, a works progress administration <laughs> on the side of a federal building you'd end up with something like this it's like it's it, it, you know it's like um it, it, it's like the tennis Valley Authority meets Guernica. Really <laughs> and isn't like the building, um, like the runway or like the roads leading up to it or something, are like in some sort of occult shape if if viewed from the from uh, the sky or something like yeah, that? Yeah, there's there's a whole there's a whole element that the runways form a sa- uh, this sort of sacred or satanic geometry, which actually ir- ironically is also a popular conspiracy um, about our um, about our nation's capital. Oh, about DC, right? Um, the, the, it's based on a pentagram, right? And, and in fact, I, I, I'm sorry to, to to digress back to Pizzagate. This is another really interesting thing. So during the the sort of like um, uh, during the the underground sleuthing, the internet sleuthing for Pizzagate, they accidentally um, happened upon uh, this photo of a, a man who they thought was the owner of Comet Pizza, um, but he's actually um, the owner uh, of a place called uh, L'Enfant Café in Washington, D.C. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that was so funny. So, he had a shirt that said, so, I so heard dude, L'Enfant. Dude, oh. <laughs> yeah, so, but, like, that's so, the kind of thing so where he's is wearing of... a shirt, and the yeah. shirt says, J'aime, in French, I love, J'aime l'enfant. I love, the, I love, I love children. J'aime, what could this be code for? <laughs> so like, that's actually, the kind of thing that's, so, like, anyway, self-refuting. So, actually, the guy's wearing a shirt, and it refers to, it refers to his cafe, the, the L'Enfant Cafe. Um, and it's named after um, Jean-Pierre L'Enfant, who was the French-American um, architect and Revolutionary War soldier, who actually laid out the street plan for Washington, D.C., a street plan which, again, I would encourage you uh, 
as as Donald Trump would say, you know, just like Google it um, <laughs> and you will find um, that there uh, are, is an elaborate conspiracy theory that the Baphomet um, is represented in the street grid of Washington, D.C. All those guys were Freemasons. All of them. Hey, yes. All so Freemasons. What what happens if you go into Comet Pizza and you just want a pizza? Like you're not a pedophile and you ask them for a pizza. It just doesn't make sense that you got to pay 20 percent extra. You're using code words that, like the pizza place is a front, but all the code words are related to the front. It's like if there's like a Yakuza front, that's a sushi place. And like tuna is code for contract killing. <laughs> you know, it's just it's, that's not how a front works. <laughs> Back to the Denver airport, though, uh, it's like it is the idea that it, like there's some massive underground uh, facility underneath the airport. Yeah, and and this is a this is a common this is a common trope in a lot of conspiracy theories. Actually, you find it in the Comet Pizza thing. You found it in the old McMartin um, uh, day school stuff and the original sort of Satanic Panic um, back in the '80s, um, which is the notion that there are um, some type of subterranean facilities, and they tend to serve one of two purposes: either um, they are um, rape and kill rooms. Um, you you may recall those um, uh, served a very important purpose um, during another conspiracy, which was um, the uh, actual conspiracy to. Get America to invade um, Iraq um, when uh, everybody talked about the rape rooms, um, rape and kill rooms um, in uh, in uh, in Iraq. Um, so, so it's a common trope in all sorts of conspiratorial thinking, um, and uh, it either serves that purpose or else it serves the purpose as being a sort of strange Lovian, like underground last resort um, for the elites. Um, so, you know, after they provoke uh, a nuclear war to, you know, cleanse the earth um, and uh, they themselves are to be the phoenix that arises from the ashes, they go and hide um, underneath Denver Airport. And this is, of course, um, uh, only uh, supported further by the fact that the Denver Airport, if you've ever been there, um, actually does have a very extensive underground, um, like a light rail transit system to get you from terminal to terminal to terminal. Um, and so, you know, if you if you actually like start investigating it, there's the there are elaborate underground passages there. Of course, they're just um, for uh, tram cars to move through. Um, but again, you can see how that um, just plays into the sort of like um, totalizing nature of that conspiracy. It's like, well, it can't just be for the light rail to get you from terminal to terminal to terminal. It must be for this additional um, other other uh, cause as well, in this case, um, to survive uh, the end times um, and arise uh, with a new world order. Before we go, Jacob, uh, let's plug your books, or like as I refer to them, uh, the the Menneker Baccarat Collection. <laughs> I know we should do a box set. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, the the your your first novel, uh, The Bend of the World. Uh, if if you liked uh, hearing Jacob on the show talk about conspiracies, he he wrote a whole novel that is uh, a, a hilarious coming of age story all about conspiracy theories. It's the Bend An of the anti-coming World. Anti coming of age story. Yeah, yeah, a nobody comes of age story. Um, but yeah, uh, that was uh, that was your first book, and you got a, a second one coming out in uh, 2017. Yeah, uh, I have a, a new novel coming out in March of 2017. It's called "On the Doorposts of Your House and on Your Gates." Um, for all you Jews out there, you'll recognize that. For all you Goy, um, you'll just have to uh, uh, wait and uh, read uh, wow. the uh, epigram. Oh, no, um, no, and- explain it to me. Is it like hobo code? <laughs> 
<laughs> <laughs> it is. It's true. It's um. It uh. It is by one of our great poets, John Kasich, um. And uh. And uh. It refers uh to the way that you know uh which boxcar will be friendly to sleep in uh, in any given rail yard. Very important for Jews to know this. <laughs> yes. That's the that's um, cabalic wisdom. Uh no. Uh, your new book is about globalism, right? It is. It is. It is. I. I am uh, uh, shamelessly pitching it um, as the first and uh, best and only novel for the age of Trump. It is about um, a bunch of uh, shitty uh, real estate speculators uh, moving uh, out to the Rust Belt, uh, Western Pennsylvania, uh, in order to um, get rich um, and hopefully not incur the wrath of God. It is loosely based. Um, on the story of Abraham uh, and Isaac from the Old Testament, uh, you may remember that one. Um, but is, is it is full of at least three characters um, who could easily be uh, fictive stand-ins uh, for your president and mine. Sorry, haters and losers. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll link to those. Uh, Jacob, um, if you were here, I'd give you the secret handshake. But uh, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, come to the pizza party next time. <laughs> oh, and next time I'm in New York, we're, we're definitely going to eat some of those real New York slices. <laughs> yes. A famous original, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Jacob. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.